Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am Kave. Today, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> today is a special episode. I say that every episode. This one is special because it's the end of the year and we are celebrating. And I have brought on special, special guests, my favorite co-hosts, at least the ones that would agree to come back on. We have a just an all-star lineup, Dr. Sophie Balzora. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Kaveh? Oh, I'm going to be so good in a moment. <laughs> we have Dr. Tyler Black. Dr. Tyler Black, thank you for coming back. I vow to not make fun of America today. Uh, oh, don't make promises you cannot keep. <laughs> and Dr. Stephen Sample. What up? I well, promise to us. make fun of America today. I am going to give the show over to you guys in just a moment because I'm going to spend the majority of the show drinking and celebrating and I'm going to let Sophie run the show. But before I do, I'm just going to sort of, uh, I guess, give the loose outline of things that we could potentially do today, which is mm -hmm. one, I kind of want to just, first of all, thank you guys for, for being awesome guests and awesome co-hosts. I really appreciate that. Thank you guys for all the amazing support you guys have shown individually, you know, outside of the show to me. I really appreciate that too. I kind of want to talk about, you know, things that have happened in the year and how we feel about the coming year. Uh, but before I do that, can we all have a toast? Can everyone yeah. raise their glass? Okay. If you're Salud. not driving right now, grab a drink, join us. Clink, 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 clink. We're all good. Okay. Very good. Mm. Salud. That's good radio. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Can I first, let me just say something here. I'm going to ask you as a question. I want you guys to weigh in on this, on this family dilemma I'm facing mm. at the moment, 
currently right now. I feel pretty free saying this because I don't think my wife's family listens to the show at all. <laughs> but I could, I could regret this later. <laughs> this will be the one episode. <laughs> yeah, like, but you will have decided this... to tune in. <laughs> you won't have this edited till after the holidays, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I'm going to edit this one. I think I'm just putting this one out. Um, so okay, this is a basic "Am I the asshole?" question here. Okay, yes. so I'm currently in San Diego, where my wife's family is from, and we're having a Christmas gathering here. And you could already start to question whether or not this is the right time for any sort of gathering. But we're having a Christmas gathering, and everyone's going to be staying in the same house. And there's going to be three families total staying there. Sorry, I had to burp a little bit. <laughs> this beer does that to me. Anyways, so as or as we're, we're heading in, I text my brother-in-law to be like, hey, you know what I do with my family when we have a get-together now is everyone gets tested the day of. They do a rapid test, Binax, whatever is available to you. Do a rapid test, it's negative. Then we all can feel comfortable being inside, indoors with masks off, etc. I felt like it was a pretty like basic thing. The, I do have a little bit of a reputation amongst her family for being a little OCD. Um, and some of that's valid. Uh, but the text I get back from him is, uh, no, we're okay, thanks. And I'm like, but... But are we? <laughs> but are we good? Is this good? Is in, as we said, I don't want a false positive to ruin our vacation. <laughs> so that's extremely rare. Exceedingly rare false positives. Correct. You know what would ruin their vacation more than a false positive? Tell me, Tyler. A true positive. (laughs) (laughs) Even worse than that, a false negative because everybody gathers. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing we should be worried about. If you were to say, look, I just don't think the tests are are good enough to pick it up with Omicron. I'd be like, all right, well, there's an argument to be made there. Maybe we could talk about that. But if the argument is... I'm worried that this test is going to come back positive and mess up our vacation. I'm having a hard time with that, guys. I'm having a hard time. I'm trying to be zen. I'm trying to be zen. It's not working. It's rough, man. I mean, you know, uh, you guys aren't, I don't know if you guys get asked as often as I do. I'm the only doc in our family. And literally, I actually put out a tweet saying, please fucking stop asking me um, if X, Y, or Z is okay if this happened to your mom's sister's soccer coach, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer, you know, and, and even my wife gets on me because like, I'll go on national television and I make these pronouncements and then I get a week's worth of data and I go, Oh, maybe I was a little off, uh, which is beautiful that it's science. But if my wife doesn't want to hear me change my tune, I know my, my extended family doesn't, um, yeah. you know, like literally, I, I think I was on last Monday and I was like, you know what? I'm surrounding myself with vaccinated people, but, uh, and then I saw the freaking, and then like in the next three or four days, the freaking Omicron data came out and I was like, well, shit, <laughs> you know, because it's totally different. Like it's totally yeah. different than Delta. Like we're looking at their talk. I mean, I, I want to see what the are not of this, the infectivity, because the way it's projected to jump, it's like measles or some shit. Like it's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. like 70, 70 times the OG, the OG COVID. Um it's not even it. Just the number is how it's taken over in a week as the <laughs> dominant strain yeah. is insane. Yeah, we just learned about this thing on November twenty fourth. Right <laughs> now, yeah. it's the dominant strain. That's terrifying. And to, and, to and, answer though your "Am yes. I the asshole?" question, I would always say in these situations, yes. it's oh, I mean, 
you can yeah, default I mean, to yes. Right. Yes, but default yes. Let's also just say that it's your house, your rules, and you. What other people do, you can't ultimately control. But you would, you know, if if a positive came your way because of this, and you didn't sort of dig your heels in, you'd have a lot to answer to within your own family, and that's kind of our role is to protect our own families yeah yeah well i mean that therein lies the problem because after this after this trip here the plan is to go visit my family on the way back oh no so after we get as much exposure as possible gonna go to that and and then that that worries me because my family's on sort of a different end of the extreme my you know my my brother and i are like let's test every day for for omicron because it it can happen so quickly so yeah no that's exactly what i'm worried about i mean Mm -hmm. i'm also worried about my response should heaven forbid something like that happen i will not be like forgiving i will not i will not be like (laughs) i don't don't have that in me to be like hey you know what shit happens we make mistakes like i don't know if that's what she just she just like walked she right by there? and gave me an evil eye. Is she right there? <laughs> um, you know, she understands the logic of what I'm saying, but you know what it is? I hate to say this because this is gonna sound this is this I have a lot of our listeners, in fact, probably the majority of them are not on Twitter. But what I have found is that she's a doctor, is that in the very beginning of Twitter, that's when I kind of first became active on Twitter. Um I saw there was a real discrepancy between the concern of doctors on Twitter and the doctors that were not on Twitter. Because the doctors on Twitter were seeing firsthand accounts, stories coming out of you know, Italy and China, and they were seeing these horrible stories. They were seeing the trends. They were seeing the data come live. They were a lot more concerned. And I would go to friends who were doctors who weren't on Twitter. It, they may even been on other social media like Facebook, but they didn't have that same level of concern at all. In fact, more than one told me, so a lot of people die from the flu every year, you know, and, and I'm seeing that same discord happening again now with Omicron. I've seen the same sort of like mm-hmm. people on Twitter are much more concerned about it. They're seeing the number, they're seeing how fast it's rising. And the people that aren't, the doctors that aren't, just don't have that same level of concern. Are you guys seeing that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm the only doc in my hospital. I mean, shit, as far as I know, my only doc in my whole freaking town on Twitter like with any kind of with any kind of presence certainly i mean i'm in bumfuck indiana uh you know and twitter is not the thing that people do but no i i find that i've always been like the the kind of the the sky is falling person but you know some of this is you know we forget we live in our own little our own little information bubbles as well and it's very easy to go oh the sky is falling and you go oh shit the sky is falling and because we're trying to do the right thing i think and and draw this line between like hey here's some helpful advice and, you know, I saw somebody, somebody posted on Twitter the other day, Twitter, uh, it was very funny, but it was like, there's three kind of Twitter medical professionals. There's like people who are like, this is all bullshit, basically, or the sky is falling or, Hey, here's star Wars stuff, but there's no <laughs> in between, you know, it's like, but, because, you know, you, 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 we're all, we're all subject to the same dopamine hits that anybody else is. And certainly a Twitter post that goes viral is, is it feeds your dopamine receptors really <laughs> nicely. Um, and it turns out like I proves what I think are some pretty profound things that fall into silence or, or something really funny. But then you say, Hey, this really fucking sucks about COVID and it gets shared like 10,000 times. And, and so you're like, Oh, I guess this is what people want me to talk about. Um, so, so are you, you think that they're a big part of why people on Twitter, doctors on Twitter 
are more concerned is because we're just that is what's interesting to people on Twitter. That's what sells. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, there's got to be some of it, right? I mean, it's got to be some of it, but but we're also we're all hanging out with people who are doing the same thing, selling the same message. So, um, and you forget, like, yeah, I'll go to work in southern indiana i'm like holy shit man have you seen this fucking omicron look at how fast this goes and they're like who gives a shit we'll work through it is what yeah. we do we work through yeah. it you know and and just like you're gonna plug on we're gonna get through it and i'm like well what if like 30 of us go down at the same time in the hospital and they're like yeah we'll, we'll work through it, it does, you know it does, so, it does <laughs> you sort know. of feel though like it's su such a deja vu feeling to have something be announced mm -hmm. it reminds me of when covid was announced as a pandemic a worldwide pandemic and you just saw a bunch of jurisdictions eventually get to the point of enacting restrictions after there was a spike of cases in their jurisdiction. And I just see the same thing playing out in every jurisdiction I see where Omicron is announced. We get the initial data. It doesn't look good. It looks like it spreads really quickly. Then a place gets hit and then they put in the restriction. It just feels yeah. so frustrating. It feels like we haven't learned anything about precaution. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it does feel very similar to March, except we know so much more and we have vaccines, which makes it all the more horrendous. I mean, even when they first announced Omicron, like Omicron might be coming to the US or like it, it may be here. Like once they announce it, it's already here. Like when they shut down South Africa, I'm like, well, you're just crushing an economy for no fucking reason because they fly here all the time. You only need one case on the ground with something that's this contagious and it's done. You're, you're, you're done. Yeah, it's out there. Sophie, you're in New York and New York is was the stories I, I heard out of New York were among still the worst I've heard in this country from the beginning of the pandemic. And now the numbers of Omicron there and the cases there are on the rise again. How's it feel? I mean, what do you what are the doctors there? What are the people there on the ground feeling? I think um, generally there's a sentiment of people being maybe not as um, enthusiastic about the potential of uh, redeployment. Um, you know, I think that there's like a different energy in the air because though the vaccination rates are pretty high in New York, right. And the majority of people are masked. Um, there are still people who are unvaccinated. Right. Um, and so I think that there's, there's less compassion, unfortunately for those people. Mm -hmm. And I think that generally, you know, when people are, um, admitted to the hospital, I think people want to know, like, you know, I think specifically when people write the assessment or, you know, the, the, the kind of the summary of the patient's case, it's very specific, whether like they were vaccinated or not, like this is a breakthrough case, you know, which doesn't necessarily change the management of the patient, right? It's like in the, from a clinical standpoint, but I think that's something that everybody always wants to know when there's someone in the hospital, like, and so that's very explicitly stated. And I think that that just speaks to the fact that people are just incredibly exhausted and fed up and they want to be sure that there's probably a part of them, whether it's subconscious or, or you know, incredibly conscious that want to know, like, were these people vaccinated or not, we're now ending up in the hospital. It, um, it, and, it, it, you know, whether we want to believe it or not, or accept it or not, we probably approach patients differently based on whether or not they were vaccinated. I think that's something that we have to accept, um, you know, that truth, because we are human. Um, but I, you know, you can tell on the street, there's less people around, like, there's just, there's that kind of like, I was telling my husband today, who's also a physician, like, there's that shut down feeling um in the streets uh which is really incredibly sad to see um it it you know. strains it strains um your compassion when you're someone who sees someone who literally avoided all the steps they could have taken to avoid being there and 
we know that amongst health providers, we talk about it pretty openly. And, you know, before the pandemic, it was the guy that did something stupid when he got drunk. And there was always that kind of like, there's someone who came in with a, a real injury. And then there's this guy who kind of has the comedic or the did this to himself injury. But the difference is you had the compassion reserve. You had, you had the ability to just put it aside and just treat the patient. But you're having to do that so often now, you know, such a large percentage of our patients, um, you know, openly challenge us on our credentials now and what we know and what we don't know. And, you know, I can be talking to a patient about a psychiatric issue and then they'll say, it's just like COVID, you know, they tell, they call it an obsession if you wash your hands 20 times, but then, you know, Bonnie Henry tells you to wash your hands 20 uh-huh. times and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's science. And it's like, Oh my God, can we really <laughs> not have that conversation? Now? I, I do. I find, I find that's right. I think the, the empathy meter is, is just, it's just tapped out. You know, but I will say I address all my patients in the room. Like I, sometimes I even walk in and I'm like, I'm going to tell this dumb son of a bitch what, you know, but then you walk in and you see a patient face to face whose eyes are wide and they're like, they're on, they're on just, you know, six, seven, eight liters of oxygen. And they're Mm -hmm. like, and it's, it's really hard not to show compassion in that moment. It's hard to have Mm -hmm. empathy outside of the room, outside of the room. It's like fucking shit. And then you go in the room and their masks are off, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, before this started, we had, I don't know how you guys are doing it. I mean, you're at some of the bigger places in my hospital before we ever saw our first case of COVID, we had amazing COVID protocols. We had a hot zone. We had a cold zone. We had a separate entrance for the URIs. We had a COVID clinic. Like if you had a URI February, March of 2020, you didn't get within a hundred miles of me unless you couldn't breathe or needed oxygen. And, and then right as our COVID cases picked up, all that shit went away. Uh, But now it's a free for all. And so now I'll have a COVID patient in-house with his COVID positive wife and then I will come in the room and their masks are off. And then they go, Oh, sorry. And they put them back up and I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, it, it's, it's like, it's airborne. I just tell them it's airborne. Y'all yeah. you've, yeah. you've exposed me. Yeah. I'm wearing my mask, but it might get my eyes, whatever. And yeah, so it's yeah. really hard to have that conversation. And I, you know, I asked my, my people in charge, I was like, look, we need to put up signs. We need to tell these people. I threatened to kick a, I threatened to kick a, a COVID positive husband out of the room the other day i literally reached up with my hands put my mask on his face for the third time and i put it on there i squeezed the nose i said if i stayed off your face again you're going home i was like your wife is sick i was like i was like there's a bunch of people in this department that don't have covid right now and you're freaking putting it i said i will not have this but so i put it on their faces myself i squeezed the nose really tight i'm like it's much more comfortable if it stays on your face you know i understand that I understand that. I mean, the thing about this that really fucking pisses me off is that I, I, I can get no schadenfreude from people who are unvaccinated getting sick. I get no, no. joy out of that. Like this whole Darwin Awards thing when like you hear like some, some guy, some dummy says COVID's not real. And then they show a picture of him on his, like being debated. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm not like happy about that. It just makes me sad. So well, I'm, like, first of all, Darwinism Darwinism only works if you take out the person before they breed. And <laughs> you know, like I always hear that. They're like, "Well, Darwin." I'm like, "Fuck, they already got seven kids, yeah. man." Dar- Darwin does not the <laughs> evolutionary adaptation doesn't necessarily pick for intelligence. It's just that if you can procreate and get that out there, I agree. Anyways, it's, it's just it's very problem, frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's a sickness of. I mean, these people. It's a sickness of misinformation, though. You know, I mean, these people, if we if we lived in a different world, 
like these people that are openly defiant now are the ones historically that always go, Hey man, you're the doc. You tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. It's the same group of people who don't have that medical background, but who trusted their doc. And they were like, you know, it's the educated liberals that usually challenge us. Right. It's not, it's not my people. These people here, my Southern Indiana people are not known for challenging physician opinion. They're, they're actually, you're like trying to help them make a decision and they go, no, whatever you want to do. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you got to make this decision. And now I'm like, yo, you got to do this. And I'm like, fuck you. I ain't doing that. It's important to remember, though, that it's not just misinformation. It's specific disinformation. Disinformation. It's it's attacks designed to tell people, don't trust your doctors. They don't know what they're doing. If you're Mm -hmm. not taking ivermectin or vitamin C or whatever, they're not helping you. Vaccines are poison. And this is... This is the tension that we're going to have to contend with as we hit, you know, uh, you know, this decade. It, the, one of the biggest questions we're going to have is how free should we make information? Like, mm-hmm. it, are there any limits to freedom of speech when it comes to providing disinformation? Um, I can't tell the difference between terrorism intentionally creating a graph that makes vaccines look poisonous. I can't tell the difference. Right. It's yeah. intentionally designed to scare people and cause their deaths. Um, it's in t- intentionally designed to destroy economies. It's intentionally designed to steal money. It's intentionally designed um, to hurt people. Uh, I, I can't understand how we can continue to let disinformation reign, reign free and, and not curb it with specifically making it illegal to spread disinformation. That's why I think that the American experiment really has died. I mean, I mean, I think it's dead. It's just, it's just going to take a lot of years for it to catch up. But I think the world that we live in 50 years from now, hundred years from now, like is not going to be the same world. Like we're clearly an optimism, you know, that we no, could, uh, you know, we optimism, could, Oh, don't you pretend Tyler. You <laughs> gave me, I had an optimism that you've been rooting science, against us the whole time. And that's communication would get through. us there. We get the truth out there, whatever. But when you deal with misinformation, disinformation spreaders, it takes so much effort to overturn one small portion of what they're saying. Um, And then they have a million other things to say. You can't. Um, One one voice, one sellout with an MD silences 10,000 of us. So we're on on message and this one guy that they can latch onto and you can have your preconceived biases confirmed you know, you get your, you get the one dude and you're like, yeah, well, this doctor says this. And Joe like, Rogan well, but- has as much power in this country. It's fucking Fauci, if not more. <laughs> oh, and he's like, he's, people, I mean, there are people from like very reputable institutions saying these types of things too. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it pays. Yeah. They're getting you're their in- dopamine hits, right? The yeah. inventor of MRNA. <laughs> <laughs> people here in San Francisco, you know, yeah. doctors in San Francisco that? just create enough question, just enough question for people yeah. to start to, to doubt and to feed into these narratives that are destructive. Um, all right. Let me shift a little bit here. Yeah, shift, man. This fucking Before, sucks. This is a terrible podcast. I'm going to cut it. My God, I'm about that to slip my damn wrist. Fucking part. I'm cutting the whole thing. <laughs> But before I, get I am a suicidologist, lo- so so I <laughs> nice. want to see that. Just before talk. I get too loaded, let's talk about some other stuff. I want to hear a little bit about um, what surprised you the most about this past year. Has anything, can anything surprise you at this point? <laughs> From a medical perspective, is there anything that has surprised you? I'll start because I, I, I get this a lot when I go, when I'm interviewed and I still can't get over the fact that my my interesting but niche science, which is suicidology, became a political device that Trump and a whole bunch of people used in their ideology to argue for things. I still can't, 
like I would, I would go around telling people I'm a suicidologist. I would, you know, talk about suicide. And this was something that doctors were interested in because when you take care of patients, you have a suicidal patient, it suddenly becomes the most important thing in the room, no matter what you're dealing with. Um, and it's always been interesting. And I always knew that if I had an audience, people would listen about suicide. But I never thought that suicide would be used politically in this. I, I just couldn't imagine. And, and still today, um, I'm in this position of constantly having to go against the rhetoric about lockdowns causing suicide, constantly going against the rhetoric, rhetoric about school closures causing the or masks making children not be able to speak or all the just this ridiculous amount of mental health misuse. I still can't get over it. Yeah. I, 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 it blows me away. I never thought that I'd be in a political position where I'd have people attacking me. So to spell this out a little bit for people who may not totally uh, <clears throat> understand or know what you're talking about, people have tried to put restrictions in place to help decrease the spread of COVID, like closing schools mm -hmm. or, you know, shutting down businesses, etc. And there's been the argument made that this is leading to rates of suicide being increased uh, because we're fucking up the world by, by doing that, by putting in restrictions. Um, and they're using data, it sounds like, that you don't feel is... You, you've They're not even using the data. They're presupposing it. They're saying it must, you know, and, and then we get the data and it all shows pretty much the same thing in the developed world, which is suicide rates came down in the first year of the pandemic. Um, and on top of that, you know, what else makes people sadder and, you know, when their loved ones die, you know, yeah. like I, I always keep going back to the basic point that the best way to help our mental health is to control the virus. Um, you know, 1.3 million kids worldwide are, are orphaned by COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so people want to talk about children's mental health and then they, oh, let's not talk about the 1.3 million kids that lost a, a primary caregiver. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just really... I never thought, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I defend psychiatry against anti-psychiatrists. I'm a science debunker. So I get on naturopaths and all these types of things. And I expect political fights and back and forth and those things. I never thought suicide be one of those things. That just blows me away. It's so funny because it's your field of interest. You've been following it very carefully, but you would think that's one of those things that should be untouched. One of those third rails that should, but there are no more third rails. Nobody cares anymore. Right. <laughs> Nobody cares. Sophie, has anything surprised you? Or are you just, are you just so hardened by the last couple of years that you're like, nothing shocks me. I have been called the ice queen before, but. Really? Um, you yeah. don't strike me. Why is that? Is it, you know what it is? You can't tell you what it is. It's because like, if you're like a woman, people are going to look for reasons to bring you down a notch. Right. So they're going to be like, yeah, she's a woman and she's smarter than me, but she's not pretty. But then if you're a woman who's smart and pretty, then they're going to be like, Oh, well, then she's a bitch. <laughs> there has to be something about her. She's a bitch. Is that <laughs> yeah, you just, right? Yeah, right. Do, do you just intimidate people? Is that what it is? I have no idea. I have no idea. But I'm good with it. It's yeah, good. you embrace it. Yeah, why not? Embrace that shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. I can keep talking because I don't I have my normal filter. <laughs> which I, but I'm gonna let you go. Go, please continue. Um, what's surprising? A couple of things. One, um, I feel like I've aged dramatically since this pandemic began. You know, I feel like um, it's weird because you see, especially in the beginning of the pandemic or when it was, you know, declared as such, a lot of people were working less. But I mean, I feel like I'm working more than ever. I feel like yeah. it's like it's constant. And 
And this whole idea that work is is like now 24 seven, you know, is really a surprise that I, it's something I did not anticipate. It's like, yeah. you mean like you go home and there's emails and there's all kinds of things. Yeah, you, respond to. Like, yeah. you know, meetings can happen at any time. Um, so I think that that was a, a um, you know, a surprise certainly. Um, and also I'll have to say that the silver lining in this is that um, I have really made some solid friendships from people, like with people who I've never met. Um, you like know, me. thanks to the yeah, like like, like me. Seriously, um, you know, it's just it's just so interesting. I never would have thought that would have happened. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, and so there's a lot of people that we, that I've never met, um, that I, I talk to on a very regular basis. And I feel like I've known them for a long time. And I, I don't think that I would have had that opportunity, um, had it not been for this, like, you know, very much a normalization of doing things like this and, and doing things like zoom and just, you know, talking to people, um, in that way. So I think that that was, that's something that I'll, I'll say is a positive thing amongst all the negative that, uh, that we've spent the most time talking about tonight. <laughs> Who could call you an ice queen with warmth like that? Melted the cold cackles of this heart, that's for sure. Right. Steven, what about you? Man, I'm an ER doctor. I don't get surprised. I've been pulling things out of people's butts for 16 years that should not be there. It's hard to surprise me. Um, I think in, re- in regards to all the shit we're going through, I-, I think Sophie made a really good point. Like, I think like my two best friends. Well, I've met you in person, um, but like, I've got like, like people that I like, I love and I'm closer to now than like humans in my life um, that are like, they're like, I call them my fake internet friends, but they're not really fake internet friends. Like they're people that are important to me uh, that at some point, you know, I want, there's, there's, there are a few people that are dear to me now that I, that I consider friend, like friend, friends. So that's surprising. Like, you know, yeah. it was surprising that somebody gave <laughs> my loudmouth ass a platform on national television to occasionally spout off. I don't know why. Um, but uh, but as far as what's going on, the only thing that's surprising to me is that this is lasting so long. I think when it started, I was like, this is going to really freaking suck for about six months and then it's going to be back to normal. Like I didn't anticipate wave after wave after wave. I really thought it was so contagious at first that we like even when the vaccines came out, I'm like, shit, by the end of this year we're all, you're going to be vaccinated or infected. And this is going to be background noise again. And it's just the fact that it's still going on is, is a level of suck that I did not anticipate. But, but as far as the human behavior, man, I've been in the ER for 16 years. People don't surprise me. They don't, I get, I get offended and upset and angry, but it's not, I don't get surprised by it. Yeah. That's a good outlook. 
So you, you and Sophie both kind of mentioned things you're grateful for. Tyler, is there anything in the past year that you're actually grateful for? Yeah, I mean, I, I had all this time and obviously a lot of it was spent online and I learned so much about advocacy um, for minoritized people. I've spent so much of this year working on and raising money and like our, our department had uh, fun that we usually did for lunches. And of course, there's been no lunches for a really long time. So this fund's just sitting there. And so it's like convincing the department, hey, donate this to a group and get this out there. And it's through Twitter. Honestly, it's through Twitter. I met, I met so many people that I would have never um, come across um, except the online world. And, and it's been a, a really good thing. It's, it's made my life really rich and connected, even though I haven't really been able to go very many places. So I've liked it a lot. All right. Now what I want to do is the one thing you're never supposed to do, but I want to make predictions. Wait, before that, Kaveh, what are you surprised about? What are you great? What, what am I surprised about? I, I am also surprised still that people who have so routinely trusted us to do very basic things don't trust us now. <laughs> yeah. um, that still shocks me. I don't get it. it does that, that disconnect, like where people don't believe us about COVID facts still to this day, um, that still surprises me that there's bad actors out there. There's these people you see online constantly spreading purposeful disinformation. That surprises me. I just don't understand it. Like my brain cannot wrap itself. Maybe I'm like mildly on the spectrum and I cannot understand like bad actors in that way. My brain cannot understand why someone would want to do that. And I'm also pleasantly surprised about some of the same stuff you guys are talking about. Like you guys, I feel very close to all you people, all the people that come on the show as co-hosts, you know, I spend a lot of time with you guys. I speak of you as my real friends and always my wife. She doesn't understand it. She's like, but you've never actually met most of these people. I'm like, yeah, but Tyler said this and it was really cool. You know, then she like, she doesn't like understand that. And I, I get that too. Cause until this last year or so, I didn't think you could become friends with somebody unless you grew up with them or you oh. played in a band with them and you knew them. You blood, you had blood, sweat, and tears together. You know what I mean? What of course, this is going to be easy for our kids, right? Like our kids, like this is, I mean, the whole, the future is this. This yeah. is the way, I mean, you're going to meet people. Like my kid, you know, I mean, my, my kids meet all of their, like so many people on the internet. And I mean, that's how you date now, right? Yeah. God, I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad that I'm married in, in this day and age. <laughs> how'd you guys it would how'd you guys meet your significant others was it all like in person uh, uh my significant other and i we actually went to the same high school but uh she was a year older than me and much prettier um and uh but You're we met again late we met again pretty. later in life uh waiting tables at logan's roadhouse she was home from nursing school and i was getting ready to move to nashville to be garth brooks and here we are <laughs> what about you sophie uh we met in residency um boring boring yeah. wait is Belzori your name or is it his name i don't know don't, don't look at me like that i don't know it could be <laughs> you could have taken a guy's name heaven forbid you know <laughs> it could have happened um, um you don't have to say I'm what his last boring, name is but wait my name, i kept it there was no no i mean we're, i thought twice about that were you both resident at the same level or was one of you like an intern one of your residents it was a year above Oh, I see how Scandal. it is. He Scandal. Scandalous. Scandal. He used that <laughs> power workspace. dynamic. He that should not have done workspace. that. He shouldn't. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Is he here? Can you bring him on? Can we talk to him? <laughs> no. I demand that you split up tomorrow. 
We would, yeah, like, like, to, we, gotta, would, we would like to shame him right now on the show. Like, he's like, does not do social media. He does not do podcasts. He does not, he's not <laughs> engaged in television. I mean, he's not about pop culture. Wow. <laughs> so it's a good balance. What kind of doc is he? Did you say he was a hospitalist? What is he? No, he's a nephrologist. Oh, he's oh nephrologist. Oh, so he's smart. Ooh, yeah. He's one of the smart guys. <laughs> he doesn't do any of that. I went to a I went to a wedding not too long ago, and it was funny because one of the people in the wedding, um, the bride was a very strong-willed, like she was a very like type A personality, big personality, had lots of friends there, and every speech was like. And this person is so amazing because uh, she's so strong. She's so smart. She's so amazing. And they would go on for like you know, 10 minutes about how amazing the person was. And then they would end every speech would end with, and her husband blank is a good uh, balance. <laughs> He's fucking boring. Yeah. And he, he centers her where she needs to. Even like, even like the dude's parents came up and just talked about her. And, they- <laughs> and they're like, and we're so happy for our son. Because we found her. <laughs> that was like the one. Anyways, uh, what 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 about you, Tyler? Um, I'm a pioneer in online dating. I um I moved to Vancouver for residency, and I I was like, okay, I got to meet a few people. I tried this program called Lava Life, and it sucked. I went on so many bad dates. I hated it. Had one last date to go, and I was I totally I knew I blew it off. I actually won. I won a TV and a raffle, and I I told her that I <laughs> couldn't go because I had to go pick up the TV. Um, and so she got rejected for a TV, but then I, I picked up the TV and it went a lot quicker than I thought. So I just messaged her and I was like, well, I have a bit of free time if you do want to meet. And then we met and then no, yeah. You were like, oh, 15 years. She's better than a TV. 15 years. Nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you guys still have that TV? No, (laughs) no. It was like a, it was, it was probably worth about 600 bucks, but I I made my evaluation at the time. It was not a good valuation. I'm I'm glad I, I'm glad I met her. It is funny. We are like the last gen. I mean, I did a lot of online dating before I met my wife. I didn't meet her online, actually. But we're like probably the last generation to where that's a thing that happens, you know, where you meet them at work or whatever. You know, it, it's going to be all online. At some point. You guys and are then, all young. You guys are all younger than me, though, right? I'm 47. How old are you well, guys? You're, you're the oldest guy here. By yeah. Far, <laughs> by far. By far. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, by far, right? Whoa, so far. No, not that far, but far. Yeah, super far. Yeah, I, I, I'm about I'm about 20 days away from from 45. So okay. Yeah. So of the generation, Sophie's clearly 32. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I just turned 41. Um, okay. So we're all like, are you all? Is everybody in this group Gen X? Like I'm. I'm like I'm Gen X. Yeah, I think we're. Like, are y'all like we're very like late Gen X? juvenile infantile Gen X? You know, yeah. like we're or geriatric millennial. I'm not yeah. sure which one, but I prefer juvenile. Yeah, <laughs> I was born in I was born at the tail end of '74. Yeah. I think that makes me firmly oh, like yeah, latter yeah, yeah, latter part of Gen X. Yeah. You know the thing about Gen X though is that like Gen X was so like snarky. That's why like snark was first developed. Mm. Like unless you're firmly in the middle of that Gen X, I don't feel like other Gen Xers would accept you as Gen X. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like I, I feel like us that are at the end of it, like would not be accepted even if we were in Gen X. You know what I mean? A little too sensitive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I was telling Sophie this the other day. I sent her we were texting back and forth. I'm like, I am incredibly sensitive 
for a supposedly straight guy. Like, oh, I'm super sensitive. Like, like, yeah. Like, you know? I, I have this weird, like, pathologic need to be liked. And, and, like, literally, like, I get, like, this notification every week on Twitter. And it was like, you have 200 new followers and 75 people unfollowed you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who unfollowed me? And, like, two, it, like, it shows you. But it's like two thirds of them were inactivated or troll accounts. And the other ones had like three followers. But I'm like, I wonder why she don't follow me. <laughs> you know? I was like, what did I say? No, I, I listen. If you tweet something and like it gets a, a couple thousand likes and everyone's loving it. But like one person is fucking really upset with your tweet. That wrecks me. I'm like, wait, 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 what? what it's what? always some not even the right wing trolls that get me. It's, it's one left. like a, it was the one there was something the other day and somebody was like, oh, man, this is so sad. And they were like. Well, there are thousands of people dying in sub-Saharan Africa or something like that. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is, you're not talking about my cause. Therefore, it's like, that's why they hate us, man. It's why the, they hate us. Twitter is uh, like an incredibly toxic place for so many fucking reasons. And, and one of them is it constantly, I mean, in some ways it's great because it exposes you to different ideas. That is good. But the way it fucking makes you doubt yourself and the, may, the way it makes you seek uh, approval from fucking strangers yeah is is not healthy it's from not maybe healthy. not even maybe not even real strangers. it's it's yeah. weird because when you first start twitter like when i first found like med twitter and a bunch of other doctors on twitter it was like this cool sense of community yeah. and then that community continued to shit on you and tear itself apart and it's like <laughs> it's like the weirdest relationship in the world where it's like oh my god i found so many people Dude. now i get attacked from all these different angles. let me let me tell you how my like i never like i try to stay out of that shit and for some reason like even though i've got a lot of med twitter people like i don't know if i'm just oblivious or i'm not on the right people's like timelines but every now and again there's like some horrible drama and i'm like what's happening over there i, I don't see it uh, but I stumbled into a drama not too terribly long ago uh, because there was a like apparently a half naked photo taking of a, you know, posted of a of somebody that I liked very much on Twitter. And I was like, and there was like some anonymous account saying this guy's a douchebag. And I was like, ooh, that's big accusations. We should think about this. And I got fucking raked a little bit. And it, maybe I was wrong. I have no idea. But you do not want to step outside the lines. I was just saying people won't hesitate. Um, and I think you also need to be aware that they're patient. You know, now you, you hear patients saying, oh, yeah, I follow you on Twitter. Or I saw what oh. you <laughs> um, So you always have to think about that. Yeah, my people are always like, are you on are you the doctors on TV? And I'm like, Ugh. but it's how you find because of where I live, like I like my 99% of my platform has been on MSNBC, which is like the exact opposite of like, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's pretty funny. It shows you like there's like these little allies, like you'll walk down the like, people will be like, Yeah, man, it's like, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Uh, like it's it's like solidarity, but it's like I'm not gonna say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I got three Christmas cards from random strangers in the mail from like all over the country today, though, at, at the at hospital, just saying thanks. So that was cool. What were you going to say, Tyler? Well, I was just saying it's, it's you know, it's, it's an interesting um, community and you just have to, you know, speak what you know and, and stick by it. And I've taken a new philosophy of just tweeting and, and turning off notifications. I don't even... You know, if my tweets go viral or not, I don't tell a difference. Oh, um, that's really smart, man. And uh, and it, it does liberate me quite a bit. I schedule all my tweets and then I have them set to silent. So I, I'm not oh. even there real time when I'm posting them. Wow. Um, so I put out all this stuff and some of it catches and some it doesn't. And then I just kind of let it go. Yeah. You have to be careful. It's really wild. Like, I mean, I've had like 
a couple of like, I guess what would be legitimately viral, viral tweets. And it's like crazy to watch it happen in real time. And it's impossible. Like you sit there for hours and just watching the, and you're like, Oh my God, I, I, I struck a nerve. And it's like, bing, 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 dopamine, 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 who needs alcohol. Right. And then yeah. one person will go, fuck you. And you're like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. you know, it, I woke up, I did one that still might pin tweet it every now and then it makes it around the world and I'll see it retweeted in German or whatever. And it's kind of cool. But um, I woke up that morning, I put it out there and I usually get like 30 likes or something. I woke up in the morning. I had like 4,000 notifications. I was like, what did I do? <laughs> I must be the, I am the guy on the internet today. What happened? And yeah, you know, wild. it's not, uh, not, not relatively viral. Like some people mm -hmm. go a lot more viral, but um, it was a lot of pressure. Like I, I didn't like it at all. I turned off the notifications and I, I like, I didn't like that feeling of everybody reading it. I didn't intend for that many people to read it. That's how yeah. I went from my, my, my first viral tweet went from, I had 700 fellow med Twitter people, basically doctors, nurses, paramedical people. And I tweeted something about mental health in the military and it got seen over 7 million times and a whole bunch of really famous people retweeted it. And it just, it was intense. It was super intense. And it is still every now and again, I'll get like a, a swath of new followers after I go on TV or something like that. And then that tweet inordinately gets liked and all of a sudden i'll see my old military tweet pop up again it's cool uh, it's a good story it's full of fucking typos and it, it is my forever shame that i did not it was a stream of consciousness with half drunk and uh, no edits and so it's like grammar errors and autocorrects and stuff but i leave it because it i think it's important it's a good one it's probably my best tweet I tweeted something once about a meal I ate and I got 10 likes. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I only yeah. call people two names on the internet. They're either an egghead or a doofus because a doofus is just someone who does something not smart. And an egghead is someone who's smart, but says or does dumb things. And I only use those two things. And I'm very proud of my tweets from now on. I used to get really into it. And I used to like, you know, I'd look at myself. I'm like, well, that's not really professional. I shouldn't be talking like that. But what? Someone's going to get upset because I called them an egghead, you know, whatever. <laughs> It, not every doctor has to do it the same way not every doctor has to do research, but it should be considered part of a doctor's duty. Like part of what we have to do is make sure that the public health narrative is not being taken Agreed. over by people who have bad intentions or are just wrong, plainly wrong with the science. Yeah, that's what I tell my wife. She was like, why do you still do this? Why are you going on Twitter? Why are you going on TV? Because TV stresses you out. Like it always, it, like it ruins a whole, a TV ruins a whole day. If I know I have a TV appearance at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. from the moment I wake up, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm going to be on TV. Oh my God, I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up. And I write things down and then I don't ever say them. Uh, but I was like, I, they gave me a voice. And I feel like as long as they want to hear it, I like, because I speak to my people directly, like I speak redneck. I don't speak, I don't speak New York. You know, I don't speak Harvard. I don't speak not that. your like, fancy New York. Talk, no, but so you know, I, and, and people tell me they're like, this is one of our COVID, you know, they call me like a COVID expert. And I'm like, Oh, to be clear, I'm not a COVID expert. I see COVID. I see COVID, but right. I know COVID experts like now through, through social media and stuff, I know COVID experts like, legitimately right. uh, so i consider myself like literally a communicator like here's what my boys are saying they're complete nerds you're not going to want to listen to them so listen to me you know i i, I told a, a little old 81 year old lady she goes i don't trust doctors i'm like well first of all you're sitting in front of me so here you are <laughs> i was like and second of all i said we're getting along pretty good do you trust me she goes i think i might trust you I'm like, so let me tell you this sucker. <laughs> you know, I was like, look, I'm, I'm stupid, but no, but so I could just consider myself like the, the, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think they can, I think that MSNBC probably gets a kick out of me because I'm like the redneck guy from the Midwest who's just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but this is bullshit. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was well, waiting for you to say, get her done. Get her done. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the only reason why I'm still on television now is because of my first appearance. I, I ran out of things to say and I went, look, it was like before it even got terrible. I was like, this virus doesn't care about your borders of your state. It doesn't care about this. It doesn't care about who you voted for. It doesn't even care about your mama. And like, immediately <laughs> they had me back on. And I was like, it was just the mama. It was the, it was mama, the mama that got me back. I'm telling you. Never know what it'll be. Every well, now and again, I'll go full redneck and they're like, yes, bring him back. Never go full redneck. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Never go full redneck. Anyways. Um, okay. That's a good note to leave it on. Uh, you guys never go, are, full never go full redneck. That's <laughs> If you take nothing else from this uh, episode, please take that. Um, I, I really do appreciate you guys a lot. I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you guys being there uh, for me for the show. And I really, um, uh, this is the pandering moment. Uh, I really appreciate our fucking listeners. I mean, you guys have been so great. You guys have been such an interactive group of fans and listeners and friends, really. It's been a real pleasure doing this in the last couple of years with you guys. And I hope to continue to do it um, because you guys make it so worthwhile. So, Dude, there's you. only 10 of them. Just read their names off. Hey, read, I, their, I, <laughs> read their names. The, at least say their I, names. There's 10 I, of them. Shit. A listenership in the tens. The tens. Three of them are here. <laughs> Almost a dozen <laughs> listeners. Yeah, three I, I of them are to here. Some of the episodes. I wouldn't yeah. call myself a listener. I don't expect any of you guys to actually listen to this one. That's how <laughs> I'll be able to get by. Um, okay. So thank no, you. No, I will say you have upped your podcast game. It, uh, you know, I, I binged you actually. I went through the whole. The whole thing and it is really been a fun podcast to listen to um it's really you have a, created a really cool space here thank you man i i'm, I'm really glad there was a did you that I really liked. Yeah. did you want to end your year out getting slaughtered by a redneck again on a chugging contest i can run down to the hallway and oh get my here if you <laughs> sophie i don't know if you know what he's talking about but he came to visit me in san francisco and he went to a bar and, and he embarrassed you he that. embarrassed me so yeah. bad his head opens like a fucking pen container <laughs> and he just poured the alcohol into it. I don't think he swallowed. I like I swallowed. The- it's like four swallows for a beer. Like, like for a one 12 ounce beer, it's like I four watched it so many swallows. times I couldn't figure it out. It was unreal. I mean, you and drink it- cocktails with flowers in them. It's not made for you. I'm a, I'm a fancy boy. So he's he fancy. Exactly. He's, a, he's a fancy Persian. I'm a fancy Persian boy. You embrace that. I like flowers in my drinks. I will tell you though coming out there that night was so nice i was out visiting my daughter um and it was such a you know in comparison to where i live like i was out with it was a redneck er doc from indiana it was a persian gi doc from california and a chinese radiologist and a indian plastic surgeon who thought it was reasonable to charge thirty thousand dollars for a nose job uh It's really good, and work, I realized we're being fair. It's really good work. I've seen it's it. really good work. Yeah. I follow him on Instagram, but but I realized that my board scores were 99th percentile in the nation. I could have done anything, and I'm fucking talking about COVID and not thirty thousand dollar nose jobs. So just tell your boy <laughs> I'm irritated. I'm still irritated. I'm bitter. And I'm sassy about it. I'm, I'm salty. I'm not going to tell people about the street pizza that we had that night, or that oh, you had that night. He had I ate a pizza off the street. He ate yeah. a pizza off the street of the Mission in San Francisco. Meaning, like it fell on the ground. Like, like it fell on the, the ground. ground. I book about it. Sort of thing? It's fine. I'm I guess a, I'm I am alive. talking about it. <laughs> pizza, a piece of pizza fell on the ground. 
of the mission where I have literally seen grown men drop a deuce <laughs> and he picked up the slice of pizza and ate it. And we were all trying to stop him. We were all like his daughter and me were trying to hold his arm. Again, again I'm an emergency physician. I'm an like, ER doc. I mean, I was like, don't do that. I am certain yeah. that 90% of the meals I take at work are partially mixed with urine and feces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. I mean, he's, he, he did fine. He survived. Anyways. All right. Okay. Close up. Everyone, I love you guys. Uh, let's get the plugs in real quick. Sophie, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sophie Balzora MD, B as in boy, A L Z as in zebra, O R A. Uh, or you can find us at uh, the Association of Black Gastroenterologists and Hepatologists, ABGH, um, on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Black and Gastro. Uh, I <laughs> recommend following both. I'm still waiting for my shirt. That's become a running joke. But I'm still waiting for my goddamn shirt. Um, Steven, where can people find you? Man, I don't know. In the ER, um, <laughs> in the Mission District, and uh, I'm at Superman Sings, S U P E R M A N S I N G S uh, at gmail.com. Uh, buddy, you have a weird, you have this, <laughs> this is the most unique. Like, Sophie is so classy. Like, she's. <laughs> She's so classic. <laughs> You're not. And Tyler's like so cool and sweet. Like I want to hug Tyler. Oh, and then we've got me and Kavi up here going. But, yeah. Just Superman sings. I'll be blathering about some bullshit. It'll either be my, it'll either be my dogs or raging about COVID. And then when Trump when Trump wins re-election in a couple of years, I'll be I'll be fully active at that point. Because um, it's probably unless he dies between here and there or gets dementia, it'll probably be him. Um, so. We'll talk about that next episode. And Tyler, where can people find you? Uh, m- mostly Twitter, Tyler Black 32 named after the greatest basketball player of all time. And um, LeBron yes, James, Kevin. Michael Jordan, no, Kobe Bryant. No, no. Steph Curry. Magic, magic. magic. Oh, um, and, uh, and, and I, I you know, my, my big thing is, you know, everybody, we have to get through this. So please, 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 please reconsider your holiday plans, everybody. Yeah, I second that. We didn't really do what I did. Don't do what I did. We started down that road. Like, I'm having this conversation right now. I don't know what the right answer is. But, like, Omicron is, like, literally rising. What is it, the 20th? It's the 20th. It'll be 21st tomorrow. Even if you're, like, hardcore Christian, it was probably September something anyway. You can move the date. Just let it it go. It was actually, like, in May, I think. It was May. (laughs) Let it go. Like, it was May. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we need an update on what happens with the fam. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know if I'm still married by the time. This <laughs> to be interesting, this is gonna get it's gonna cool. get ugly. It's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly. You have you at least have... three couches you can stay on. That's what I point. do for content? Okay, uh, <laughs> thank you everyone. Thank you to Nadine for helping with production. Follow us at the House Pod at Twitter if you don't already. Please rate and review us at iTunes. Blah 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 blah. We need to take a picture. But was it? Oh yeah, let's take a picture. All right, all right. Bye everyone. We taking a picture? We're taking a picture, but we're saying goodbye to people while I do it. I love you guys. I love you. Yeah. Have a good holiday, man. Don't get the running. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider for your specific healthcare needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.